This is Your Own Best Company, a podcast for people who love to work alone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Your Own Best Company. Um, This is a podcast for people who love to work alone. My name is Franklin Taggart, and this podcast was my idea. Um, I am really excited today about my guest, uh, Monique Eckes is a friend of mine and we go back a few years and she is a delightful person and uh, with an infectious enthusiasm for so many things and we've got a lot to talk about, but I wanted to just give you a little bit of a brief introduction to Monique. Her business tells tales with tales for pets and people or for pet and people clients through photography and videography. She is um, into kayaking, but not swimming, which means that she's probably got a heavy duty vest to wear in her kayak. She raised all of her kids in the PNW, Pacific Northwest, and relocated to sunny Colorado nine years ago. And she has three tattoos, not to get too personal about it. Uh, You're also going to be hearing about Monique's uh, YouTube channels and podcast experience and history and all that kind of stuff. But the main thing that I wanted her to talk about today was marketing with projects because she is a master at it. And I always uh, enjoy getting together to talk with her because her her creativity is off the charts. So Monique, welcome. Thanks, Franklin. So glad to be here. Well, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to. I mean, it seems like that you're in a lot of places um, pretty much all the time. And I'm, I'm curious. I know a few years ago you started a podcast that was just called Tales with Tales. Yep. And then you were doing Silver Paw Studio is your pet photography studio that you still do full time. Yep. Um, and in addition to that, now you have become a media maven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do have my fingers in a lot of different projects. I love that. I actually overheard my husband talking to his brother the other day, like, yeah, she's a little crazy. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a lot of interests. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so Silverpaw Studio is my main business. That's my pet and people photography and videography. I've worked with you as a creative coach, you know, through your company, through SBDC. I did start a podcast many, several years ago now. Oh my gosh, like four years ago, which was the Tales with Tales. And that was my animal stories and clients and friends. And then that that kind of morphed into being episodes because I was uh, a radio show co-host uh, for a yeah. year. And <laughs> well, didn't the radio show kind of grow from your podcast or the opportunity? Uh, kind of. Yeah. So a friend of mine was hosting that radio show and she needed a co-host. I said, sure, I'll try it. So I did that for about a year. And then I thought that's I like to be more Lucy about mine. Like it could be 10 minutes. It could be 20. I don't know. Um, So it was too restrictive at the radio show. Um, And so then I kind of gave up on that. And then recently I pivoted to, uh, I made a whole different podcast for my pro pet photogs. So in my journey of doing my silver pot studio, I thought, you know, I'm trying to find all this information about pet photography on YouTube and there isn't any. 
And finally, after a few months, my husband's like, you should just make a channel. I was like, oh, that's so much work. Uh, <laughs> and so finally, a little over three years ago, I said, okay, fine. So I started that YouTube channel to, a part of it was just like connect to my clients is what I thought I was going to do. And a year or so into that, um, I was getting so many questions from other pet photographers I was like, oh, well, I can answer that and I can answer that and I can answer that. And so that became its whole community. So I rebranded my YouTube channel to be Pro Pet Photogs Photographers and have a newsletter behind that. And that's where the new podcast started, a website, this whole thing. So I've got my Silver Paw Studio <laughs> that I do photos and commercial videos. And then I've got this Pro Pet Photog. And so those are like my two main brands. And then I have this whole other thing with wildlife photography I do with my husband. So we could talk about that if you want, that has its own YouTube channel and soon to be website. Uh, so things just kind of morph and grow. And that's how a... I ended up in all these things. <laughs> and I love them all, you know, thinking back on the YouTube, I'm like, I thought it was so much work. And now I just, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you found some ways to make it work for yourself that I think are really, you know, positive and worth noting. We'll talk more in detail about those as you go, but um, a little <laughs> bit of adrenaline going on with the muse. <laughs> What's but one thing though is like doing the YouTube channel. I gathered all of the equipment and skills to do video production, and the creativity piece. Like it's it was easy for me to start that branch of my photo studio. Like now I can produce videos for commercial clients too. So some of that did lead to other opportunities. So it's good to kind of try those things. You've leveraged your, your videos in interesting ways. Um, and one of the things that I think is really interesting to note is that you initially started it out kind of in a, as you said, looking for clients for your studio, but then it turned into a more of a professional oriented service where you were actually serving other photographers much more so than clients through that channel. Now, what's really interesting to me, I'm, and I'm curious, do clients still find you that way? No, <laughs> they never really did, <laughs> honestly, um, unless I intentionally share that video. So one of the projects I'm working on now that we'll talk about is I filmed a behind the scenes because I knew this person. So uh, this really cool dog photo session at sunset and all this. So I filmed some behind the scenes and I used a little bit of that on my YouTube channel, but I made that into a bigger, a different video for clients. And so I just shared that video to on the client side and they loved it. They love seeing that behind the scenes, but it's a different type of video than what other photographers want to see. So yeah, if I, unless I make a specific video to show clients and I can say, here's some of my work here, 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 here's what yeah. it looks like to work behind the scenes with me here, here, here. They're not really looking on YouTube at all. I have to share it on my other channels. It makes me wonder, I, I know that you you have to have done something like this, and that is to have something that's a resource for people about hiring a pet photographer and what to expect in the session. I, you've got to have that kind of content, right? Yeah, I'm sure I do. <laughs> I've made almost 250 videos yeah. on, on just that channel. Um, and I've gotten, you know, I have like PDFs and all kinds of things. It's probably something I should, you know, reintroduce every year or so to my clients. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like a basic video, doesn't it? <laughs> with those kinds of videos, the thing that's really interesting, especially on YouTube, with it being such a fantastic search engine, is that people do look for things that are up to date. 
So if you've got something that's kind of evergreen, but it was posted nine years ago, yeah. it might not be a bad idea to refurbish that and, and put 2022 in the date and then do right. a, a new version of it every year so that when people search by date, there's an updated version of it. Um, but I really feel like that, you know, it's like people go to YouTube to search for stuff like this. And it's a shame that they're not finding you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of slow growth. I did like one of my very first videos was cell phone photography of your pet and that still gets traction. Um, so I was kind of giving just a couple little tips on how I use my phone to photograph my dog. And that was for my clients and, and that's still out there. And it kind of goes along with a course that I made that course is getting older now too. Um, so I did a few little things like that, but something specific, like here's what you look for in hiring a pet photographer. That's, that's a basic thing that I probably blew right past. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you can put it together, yeah, I, I seriously think that there's a, there's some potential there. And, uh, you know, in one of our conversations, we talked about the idea of using playlists hmm. to kind of lead people in a direction. And that might not be a bad playlist to put together of, you know, here are the things to ask a, f a pet, pet photographer before you hire them. We'll come back to your YouTube channel again, because there are some things about your YouTube channel in, in particular that I'd like to ask. Okay. But one of the things that we have on our agenda today is to talk about marketing through projects. Your latest project, or at least one of your latest projects, is one that I think is fantastic, um, especially for someone who's creative like yourself. Can you tell us about the book? Ah, so this is actually, Franklin, something I just recently kind of discovered about myself. I looked at the end of last year, I took all of December off, I was burnt out. <clears throat> you know, what can I do differently that's going to make impact in a lot of different ways. And I had gone to this online seminar of other pet photographers back in the fall. And somebody had presented this course and this idea just in a whole different country. And I thought, gosh, you know, that seems like something I would enjoy. And I am not afraid to do all of the work that is entailed with this. And so the project is, like you said, a book, and it's going to take a good portion of the year. And so I've kind of worked through the course, but I've also, of course, done my own thing with it. Um, and it's people registered to have a photo session with me sometime between now and August. And then those images and the story about their dog will go into this book that I'll design at the end of the year. And then we'll have like a launch party in November. And it sounds simple. <laughs> um, but what's really, really cool is it just ties together so much of like my values, my clients' values. It has this whole movement behind it. People are so excited to be in this book. Um, it's called No Co for Doggos, a dog's tour of Northern <laughs> Colorado. And so we're going to all these iconic dog friendly locations, places, you know, like horse tooth and lori state park all the places that people can take their dogs and they just really enjoy it and i want to show those off in this northern colorado area in this book but not only that like it's kind of cool to be in a book but funds go towards shelters the animal shelters i know that my clients are just like me and they do whatever they can for the local animal shelters. And so I took uh 50% of the registration fees and have already written checks to those organizations. Anyone who orders anything beyond just the images that go in the book, like the registration just covers a session and you get to be in the book. 
you don't have to buy anything beyond that. Right. And that's a registration is actually closed. I overfilled it. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is so, so exciting. Right. So I had a good idea. It launched. Um, but anything that they buy after that, 5% of the proceeds go to that pets, pet specific businesses can have a little sponsorship that goes to the shelters. So it kind of ties together all these things. People can have a little bit lower cost session with me. We're going to go to cool places. They get to be in a book. They get to be part of a fundraiser. At the end of the year, we'll have a little gathering party for this. It it just fit. Now, the thing that's really interesting to me is how many people did you open the door for on this to, to be a part of it? So my goal was to have 30 dogs in the book. Okay. And I knew I can kind of fudge it up to about 40 because I want it to be about a hundred page book. Yeah. And so in the end, I ended up with 34 dogs. <laughs> so oh, wow. some houses obviously have multiple dogs. So it's not 34 families, um, but 34 dogs. So at least 20 different locations. So it's going to be really cool. Um, and so when I marketed that, I talked about it on Facebook and Instagram a ton. I put it in my newsletters a bunch. I have a weekly newsletter I send out to like 500 people. Um and that newsletter had kind of dwindled a little bit over, over like the last couple of years because I hadn't been at events. But even at that, I, I got a huge response. Um, you know, people know me. I've been in the community a while and they wanted to be part of a cool project. What do you think made the difference as far as the response was concerned? You know, some of my, I've done a lot of the planning meetings so far. And what people have told me is that um, all those things like, okay, it was a little less expensive to do a custom session with me. And it's not completely custom. I have a list of locations we're going to go to. It has to be done with these timeframes. So there's a little bit more restrictions than a, a truly big custom session. So it was a little less expensive for people. Um, and the funds go towards the shelters. And the prestige and excitement of being in a book. Like some people, their pets are getting older and they're like, this is a way that I can just like hold on to this pet and their story forever in this book with all these other cool, iconic Colorado dogs. And so that's the feedback I've gotten, which is exactly what I wanted. How long did it take you to fill the, to fill the slots? 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want you to think about like, you know, in, in any other way, if you were trying to get 40 people into your studio for, for photography sessions, what would you have to do? Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to do everything, which, you know, a lot of people struggle with, like I'm doing all the things, right? All the things. And it's all like throughout the year and you got a little bit here and a little bit there. And I've always wanted to be the person who had like this social media strategy and every January and every March, you know, once a quarter, you set up your whole calendar and you plug everything in and you have like national dog day in there and all these things. Yeah. And I've just never been the person to do that. And it's just so frustrating. So I have a variety of things that work. I have other marketing things I do that do work. Um, but it, it comes throughout the year and there's really no way to, kind of guess when that's going to happen. So having this book project is very timely. So registration was only open for two weeks. Okay. Sessions are only going to happen here to here. And then this will be the project for the year and the fundraiser for my studio for the year. Um, so it really helps keep me streamlined. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and it's helped populate all those other things that I do too. The newsletters, the Instagram. Yeah. I've had everybody send me a snapshot of their pet. Like, I can't wait to meet your pet. Please send me a snapshot. And I want to tell the world that you're part of this project. And so that's populated my Facebook and my Instagram and my newsletters and my blog. I'm in writing a blog post. Um, so it's helped populate everything else. The other thing that I think is just absolutely brilliant about it, and this is just kind of a side thing, is that it's a local interest piece as well. It's mm -hmm. like you've created a location interest in the book that, that goes beyond just the people who participate. So it's like, this is a Northern Colorado project. It's not just these individuals that are bringing their pets to be photo, you know, had pictures taken. It's like, there is a local interest here. I think it's brilliant all the way around. Um, what kind of offers will you have for folks at different stages of the process? You know, like when people show up for their, for their session, is there a follow-up offer that you're making or when the book is available, will, will there be a follow-up offer? Um, will there be opportunities for them to actually maybe buy and sell copies of the book? What, what kinds of opportunities are there? Yeah. So I've done this kind of in stages. Uh, so the first push was the registrations themselves. And then um, in that registration, you could pre-order the book for a 25% discount. And so 10 people have already bought the book. Um, so there's that. And then the next phase will be talking to pet-based businesses, groomers, veterinarians, pet supply stores, all those places to see if they want a sponsorship in the back. These are really simple, really inexpensive. They're not like magazines where it's quarter page or anything. Those are pretty inexpensive and 100% of those proceeds will go towards these two shelters as well. And so that's my next phase for that. And I know a lot of people of different size companies. And so I think this will be kind of a no brainer for a lot of people and we can raise you know, a couple thousand more dollars. Um, so that'll be kind of the back part of the book. So there's another phase. I'm going to do pre-orders of the book all the way up until about August. So for the in a less expensive price, after that, you could pre-order it for the full price. And I'm only going to order in a cup, a few extra, like maybe 10 to have at the launch party. So I want people to order ahead of time because there's a, a price break, you know? So if I order 10 books versus 40 or 50 books, um, you know, I want to, I have to order them in chunks. So that's kind of the stream of how I'm going to do one more thing. I might, I'm thinking I'm going to do, I talked to the director of one of the shelters and she loved this idea is I don't know who's going to be on the cover yet. And so at the end of all the sessions, I think I'm going to do a contest where you pay yeah. a dollar a vote. So every vote is a dollar and whoever gets the most votes or something, somehow that's how I'll choose the cover. And all of that money will also go towards the shelters. So publication date is scheduled for fall, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I already know that we have to have a follow-up episode <laughs> where we talk about how this all played out mm -hmm. because I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think, you know, just the, the initial enthusiasm for it with having that many people respond favorably within a matter of a few days mm -hmm. is great. And so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, once the book is published and we have, uh, we have a follow-up to report that you'll be coming back. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, one of the things I've let go of with this project is having to know everything before I launch it. So in the beginning, all I had to knew, know was how to do the registrations. I don't know how to design yeah. a book. <laughs> 
I have the tools for it. I have the courses for it and I will figure it out. But I didn't have to have that all figured out the moment I pressed open registration. So I think that's been helpful too. And I've got a bunch of the sessions already um, scheduled. I have like four next week. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. So starting in earnest then. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's shift gears just a little bit. There's okay. another project that that uh, I'm aware of that you're that you're in the midst of carrying out, and it got kind of delayed by the COVID uh, con- concern. But it it again is a unique project that, <laughs> that actually. Yes. The, the thing that, that cracks me up about it is like everybody's talking about video, 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 online, 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 right? Being the place that you need to be. But you have an idea for video that's not online that I think is absolute genius. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So a little bit of the backstory of the struggle with this. So with my studio, it's a fairly recent addition to add commercial video production, right? And so that I launched right before um, COVID <laughs> and I wasn't able to implement a lot of it. So I'm, I'm still in that phase where letting people know, Hey, I do video production for veterinarians and groomers and all those other kind of pet-based businesses and beyond. I've made videos for realtors and things like that, but how do you reach those people? Uh, and so that's been so difficult because those people are busy. They oh, are yeah. not online. They are not on Facebook. They are not even on LinkedIn. A little bit they are, or maybe some of their staff is. So I do some on LinkedIn too, but I started thinking like, how can I reach these people? Because they probably do want video of some kind. They just have no idea and no time to find somebody. So I started thinking back of all the different podcasts and ideas I'd heard. I read this excellent book on um, marketing, doing things differently by Mike Michalowicz. And I thought, you know what? I can buy little things that look like video players, like the old school MP4 players or whatever they were, tiny little screens, like three inch screens. I can record videos about my services that I offer and and why they could maybe consider it and things like that. Record those videos, put it on these mini players that have a good life, uh, battery life, right? Make a cute little box to put them in, put them in a bag with some snacks. I used to work at a veterinary office. I was the manager and I was like, every time a rep came in with M&Ms or something, I'm like, yes, thank you. Welcome. Um, So I put this little mini player in this little box with some little printouts about my company and a leave behind because we, I talked to you about it and I started delivering those hand delivering them last fall. And I would choose like five and I'm just kind of going out geographically from my location And it's a little nerve wracking. I have to say, like, as friendly as outgoing as I feel, like, here's stuff about my business, very direct, like, hold this in your hand and eat this food or whatever. Like, it felt a little nerve wracking, but I have to say, I got such a good reception from it. And this was during a time where some places were wearing masks, some weren't, you know, it was very, what do we do? And so I did have to stop during Omicron. And then during my book launch, (laughs) I was like, I can't do all of this right now. So I would take these little gift bags to like five a week. And so every Tuesday I would go in and I'd have an appointment card in there and say, okay, please give this to the person that's in charge of your marketing. I'd love to chat with them. Also, here's some snacks for you. And I put like a little secret snack in the player just for that person too. And I said, I'll be back next Tuesday. And here's the appointment card. I'll be back next Tuesday around the same time. 
oh, okay. And so the feedback I got was thanks for the snacks. They had the player and the bag right there ready for me. Um, and some people said, you know, that's a cool idea. I, I loved it. That was so neat, but I don't need anything right now. And other people said, well, I think we need something, but maybe it's beginning of the year. I said, great. Can I come back? And so some places were also closed, like they had limited hours, whatever. Um, so I have like this running list of places that I want to every, every week, take five out the next week, go pick them up. And the next week, take five out. So I'm physically in their building twice and I'm leaving something behind and they don't have to do anything. They don't have to, I have a QR code in there. If they want to go watch that video on a bigger device, it's a uh, Vimeo video. They can like, so I leave that behind too. (laughs) So if they want to watch the video again, they can, but they don't have to click anything. They don't have to open an email. They don't have to fire up their computer at all. They just have to sit at a 10 minute break, eat the little snack, watch my 10 minutes of video. And then that's it. And then give it back to me in a week. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think anyone yeah. who's doing any B2B and they're working local, this is a fantastic idea. And one of the biggest complaints that we get is that, you know, the, the busy people don't show up at networking groups. Yeah. You know, the people who are not busy are the ones who show up at networking groups and they're, they're usually looking for clients, not, you know, not coaches. Yeah. Um, so the thing that's really fun is that you've created a way to you know, just get in the door in a very kind of unintrusive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet it still has appeal. I'm curious about the cost of the the little video players. Oh my gosh. They're really inexpensive because I get one that doesn't have any bells or whistles. So they're like $45 and, and you cool. get like a micro SD card. And then I've actually tracked all this in case I ever want to make this into like a little course or something, but I have a whole spreadsheet of exactly how much everything costs because I bulk printed some of the things that go in them. I got little gift bags, you know, um, the micro SD card and the little case, like the whole kit, each kit was less than $70 probably. And the worry that some people have was, oh my gosh, what if they keep it? Why would they keep that? They're not going to, they have, (laughs) they have one of these, (laughs) you know? And I said, besides, if they do, so what? I'm out 50 bucks. I don't care. It's worth it to me. You would so. pay a lot more to get in the, in the door other ways. It's like if you if you tried to get in the door through traditional advertising, you'd be paying thousands oh of dollars. And yeah. you've you've created a way to get in the door for less than a hundred. I mean, I think that's just absolutely brilliant. So yeah. if if, uh, if anyone here is a B two B kind of a, a, a business. Um, where you are working with a local market, I think you really need to pay attention to this one. Um, it's a great idea. And I, again, this is another one we probably ought to, you know, have a follow-up with after, mm-hmm. after things settle yeah. down a little bit. I'm really curious to see how it's received and how it, how it plays out for you. Yeah. Um, thanks. And I can change the video anytime. I just load a new SD card. <laughs> like amazing. if that message isn't working or I want to target somebody else, like I can. Yeah. So anyone really could do this. There are so many ways that that could be used. And then you can't complain about the algorithm. The only 1% people saw it. Well, a hundred percent of people saw this. (laughs) At least they (laughs) ate the snacks. That's right. (laughs) Well, let's, let's turn the the tide back to our YouTube discussion. Um, 
the Pro, Pro Pet Photog um, was not your first channel. Um, the Silverpaw Studio was your first channel, wasn't it? Yeah. So what it is, is Silverpaw Studio. I just changed the name to All Pro right. Pet Photog. Yeah. So you just rebranded it. Yeah. Now, did you notice any kind of a shift that happened when you rebranded? You you said that you know now more more and more people that that come and and view and ask questions on the channel are are also photographers. Um, what did you did you notice that before you made the switch with the brand? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but for some reason, because I always introduce myself as Monique from Silverpaw Studio, you know. So part of me was like, oh, well, I can't change it then. And I realized I can just put that on the screen, <laughs> Monique Silverpaw Studio, and founder of um, Pro Pet Photog. And I just wanted people to be able to search for that. If I'm a pet photographer, it's much more searchable to look for Pet Photog than Silverpaw Studio, um, and it just it separates it from. So it's much easier to do that marketing piece now that it's not like swimming somehow in my regular studio. So for me, I like that separation, and this is its own project, right? Yeah. Um, and so. I have seen that official changeover was the beginning of this year, actually. So I high paid for a new logo and everything. Um, and I think, I think I am pulling in more views. If I look at the stats, um, another thing I did about a year ago was hire a video editor and yeah. she's amazing. She helps me with titles. She makes my thumbnails, which are very important on YouTube. And she just adds that little bit more spice that maybe I would leave out because I'm being too much of a professional teacher, you know? Yeah. Um, so that made a huge difference a year ago, rebranding this year. And these overall on YouTube, this is not big numbers. Okay. But for me, I've been getting in the last six months, a hundred plus views on every video. Whereas before wow. that it was maybe 80. Yeah. So that's a 20% increase. You got it. And it's so I'm happy to with grow that. from there. Yeah. And the products and stuff that I offer are pulling people into uh, my email list too and my Facebook group. So it's working. I'm, you know, reaching the people I want to reach. Are you, are you thinking about doing more products and services that are, that are kind of uh, laterally oriented uh, to other professional photographers where like courses and things like that, or how, how are you thinking of leveraging the popularity of this channel? Oh, well, about a year ago, I made a whole website. Actually, I made it on Podia, which oh, cool. is, That's yeah, great. this is a course website because my yeah. original idea was I, over the years, I have made downloads and templates and courses, and they were just kind of everywhere, Skillshare and over here and over there. And I'm like, oh, I want them all in one spot. And Podia seemed like a nice plug and play place to put them. And so that's what I did. About a year ago, I just shoved everything onto that website, made some fun videos. Um, and then I've added stuff to that. So last year I made a whole marketing um, course modules or like four modules to that, plus some like Canva templates in there and some PDFs. And so I've been adding to that over time. And that also is, I have a sign up for email in there too, and a link to the closed Facebook group. Um, so a lot of times people will see a video I've done on YouTube and I'll say, Hey, you know, I've got a free course on this or a free download. Um, and so just point them over there. It's in the description and they go over there and every, every time, that they download anything, it has a little trigger to add them to my ConvertKit email for pet photographers. Um, so they're automatically on my ConvertKit email. 
And so that's grown quite a bit just by people kind of wandering over there and grabbing something. So I have a variety of free things and not free things. The other question that I have, you know, YouTube has the magic numbers of um, a thousand and four thousand. Yeah. <laughs> a, a thousand subscribers and four thousand viewing hours. Um, yes. Before you can uh, monetize. Now, have you been able to reach that with the ProPet Pro Photog? No. And here's why. <laughs> Okay. So I've got the subscribers. Subscribers, yeah. I'm over 1,500 now. Great. But the watch hours are 4,000 watch hours in a 12-month period. You're right. Yeah. One year. And so if I have a video in April of last year that did really, really well, but I'm not quite to 4,000 hours and we get past April, all those hours are gone. So a couple of years ago, I did this video on making this tabletop studio so popular. Those hours are gone. Um, so from those time periods, if someone watches that within this 12 month period, sure. So it's really, really difficult to get those because also you don't want to make videos that are too long. So eight to 10 minutes is a great length of video, but typically people watch about 40% of a video. So then this eight minute video, people have watched three minutes of it. And so how long does it take for three minutes at a time to build up to 4,000 hours? And a then live streams, <laughs> I do a once a month Q and A live stream, but yeah. while you're live, that time doesn't count. It's only the views after someone watches it once it's not live anymore, it's an actual video. Anything that I've unlisted, those hours don't count. Private videos, hours don't count, which is fine. I get that. But it takes just a super long time, especially in such a niche channel. And then maintaining that over time so that you don't lose your status is also mm -hmm. the challenge as well. Yeah. So um, do, you have, do you have ideas of, of how, you might, how you might beef up the viewing hours? Are you starting to think in that direction? Oh, I've always thought in that direction. <laughs> um, I've tried a handful of different things. And a lot of times what people say is, okay, if this kind of video worked, maybe there's more you can say about it. Um, like I did one that's how to make um, vertical videos because a lot of photographers are on Instagram, right? So yeah. Reels is the whole thing. How do you make a vertical video? And that video from like a year and a half ago still gets a lot of views. So, okay, I did a follow-up to that, but it didn't really perform that well. Um, so I have to look at, okay, why would this one do well and this one not? And there's so many factors, title, thumbnail, description, where else did you post it? Most people just assume someone got lucky on YouTube. No, they probably posted on this social and in their website and on their newsletter, right? So there's all these factors factors. But part of me is just saying, well, it's very niche. <laughs> and I don't do some of the, the like in-depth uh, Photoshop tutorials. Like right. I have just a hard time making those personally. <laughs> I just rather be out and about and behind the That's scenes. That's also not but, necessarily your wheelhouse. It's like, you know, right. You're, you're more of the content kind of. Yeah. Uh, so idea person. Really at this point, I try to have a good mix of practical, like here I am at this photo shoot, this client let me film it, or, you know, I have, it's my dog. Um, and then maybe more business philosophical. <laughs> um, so I'm working on a video now about my journey of pet photography. I did one a couple months ago on how I became self-employed and it has this beautiful B-roll uh, with a voiceover. And so people seem to like that mix pretty well. That's Here's one of my some... favorite videos that you've put out actually. Oh, the one where I went to Savannah. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Visiting your grandchild. 
Oh yeah. So I love doing those. Um, and I actually like writing. So writing the scripts for those comes pretty quick. Um, yeah. So at this point I'm kind of like, okay, I want some practical. I want some business slash philosophical. Let's see where that goes, <laughs> because this is such a small part of everything that I do. I need to spend at least 60, 70% of my time on Silverpaw Studio, you know, maybe 20% on this and the rest on that, the other channel <laughs> and the other yeah. endeavor that I have. So, yeah. It's so interesting to see YouTube and the, there's, there's so many people that seem to think that there is a strategy. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> and what's really funny is like on, on my channel, the video that's done best is I, I showed people how to do a, a, an overlay for Zoom interviews like this one mm -hmm. that they could use for their podcast videos. And that video has taken off. It's like a, I'm getting yeah. like I'm close to 3000 views now. Well, the thing that happened was that YouTube saw that people were seeing it and reacting to it. And so they keep promoting it. So even now, months later, it still gets more views than anything else that I put up from week to week. And, and like, those tutorial videos, people come back to and I they know. watch the entire thing and then they come back to it. And so, yeah, yeah I'm probably going to do some more tutorials on like some of the software that I use, like ConvertKit and HoneyBook yeah. and, you know, things like that, how I make all these pieces work together, because um, I know those kind of videos do well and photographers need them. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah let's talk a little bit about the the channel that you and uh, your husband steve started um this one is an interesting one to me uh it, it it's like it kind of started with you guys just kind of going out in your backyard and taking pictures it did and making it really videos did. of it so let us know about that one okay okay so we moved into this house we bought this house in february of 2020 right <laughs> Right. And so the, the, the backyard looks out on a field and a pond and the mountains and everything. So I had all spring with no client work. I'm still doing stuff behind the scenes, but I'm not out on shoots. I'm watching bald eagles come in. I'm watching herons and osprey like that whole year, actually. And so I was like, all right, I'll just take my camera out there and kayak around and stuff. I could kayak at that time. It's kind of more restricted now, but I just took my camera out all the time. And I thought, well, I'm not doing anything with these pictures. I may as well make an Instagram account, just do something with them. I've always wanted to learn how to take better like wildlife and landscape, although I'm still not a big fan of landscape. It's just I'd rather have animals in it surprising no one um and so then we were doing that and i was like this would be a fun youtube channel this would be fun and steve was always like oh i need to get out more because he's got a side business of selling landscape and uh, wildlife photos and he's been working on that for a while i said oh man if we did a youtube channel people would find the stuff that you're selling you know um uh, and it would get us out every single weekend to photograph this was this was like last year so about a year ago i was like oh come on then people could see this cool place that we live at people who live far away or really want to visit here what can they expect and just us being weirdos <laughs> and just babbling on about sony camera gears and stuff like that and so we finally said oh okay right and so i I, of course, cleared this with my video editor first. I said, I don't, I have this much time, so I need to be able to have my video editor work on this channel as well. And so, yeah, last probably June or July of 2021, we started Cattail Chronicles YouTube channel that went with the Instagram account. And we're having a total blast yeah. to the point where Steve was going to retire from his job in a year. And he finally looked at stuff and said, I'm doing all these things because he has side gigs too. This one's the least fun. And he retired from his corporate job. 
a week ago. Excellent. A year early. And so we're putting a lot more effort into that channel than he is because he's got more time. So he's yeah. building the website. He's learning how to do the Instagram and all of that, which Very he's typically cool. like, ah, social media. Um, and so we're just, we just go out. I have my video camera. We have our big cameras. We photograph just all kinds of things. It could be scenery up in Estes Park, or it could be Golden Eagle's Nest up in Fort Collins. Um, we took a trip last fall down to Santa Fe and back, a driving trip did a bunch of videos there. We talk about the big lenses and stuff we have, which people really love. And it's very generally appealing. Yeah. So anyone who loves wildlife photography, Sony cameras, Colorado, like there's a lot of people who love all of those things. Yeah. Um, so that channel has grown pretty quick. And I have almost as many watch hours, Franklin, on Cattail Chronicles after what, eight or 10 months as I do on the Pro Pet Photog after three years. Wow. For the whole life of the channel. Yes. That's pretty amazing. So well, for the last year. So I, I, rapidly. if I, if I look at the 12 months, 12 oh, okay. months to 12 months. Yeah. Um, Pro Pet Photog obviously has more hours than that, but if I just look at the 12 months comparison, they're neck and neck. Wow. And the, the Cattail Chronicles one is almost to 500 subscribers, which is when the community tab opens up and you can share photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on a year and I just, it's growing. <laughs> it's really growing. So cool. Yeah. Have there been any resources for your YouTube experience that, uh, that you have found most helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like people who teach about YouTube on YouTube, I know it seems so meta, um, but those channels just do really well. There's one channel, in particular channel makers, and he's been an amazing resource to the point where we signed up for his community and all of his backend things, which honestly, I haven't had a chance to really truly implement uh, for these channels. Uh, but now that Steve's retired, uh, cha he's changed careers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll put more effort into that. And he, they talk a lot on, they have great, great videos on YouTube, just about how, how to craft it where people really want to watch it. You know, I can come up with a great idea, but it might only be great to me, <laughs> which is fine. Like on my Cattail Chronicles, some of this is just so I can look back at the adventures Steve and I have had. Great. It's a, a vlog and a little time capsule for him and I. Yeah. But if I want to make it appealing to other people and grow the channel, um, then I have to think about, okay, well, what's interesting to them? What do they want to watch? What do they want to learn about? Yeah. Uh, so watching some of these videos really help. My coffee break videos have been much the same kind of a thing for me. Hmm. Sometimes they, and, and they usually, you know, the topics arise from conversations that I've had during that day or things that are kind of bubbling around in my head. But the whole goal with it was I just wanted to create something that would, that would be here, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I've not had any kind of collection of my own thoughts and insights and opinions anywhere, you know, and here I've been involved in like content creation for decades. <laughs> and I, I love your podcast. Part of that is just like stream of thought, because yeah. even though we've done that for a long time with blogs, it's very different. You, I find myself editing, oh, that sentence, I'll put it over here. I'll put it over there. You're not going to, you don't do that on your podcast style episodes. Yeah. It's just like, here's what I'm thinking done. Yeah. And it's so, so kind of freeing. And it has that I think this word is really overused, but authentic. Like this is authentic, genuine. You haven't cut it. You haven't scripted it. 
This is really what a conversation with Franklin's like. This is what I'm thinking right now. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so like some of those thoughts just disappear on us. I just love this idea. Yeah. So it's been fun to do that, but it's like, it's interesting to see with Cattail Chronicles, just the difference in, I, I mean, the intention is so much more personal on that channel. And it's interesting to me that the, that the appeal has, you know, taken off with, with such vigor. <laughs> that's like, that's a cool thing. And one of the things that I always tell people is that I really feel strongly that the most personal things that we share tend to have the most universal appeal. I share that piece of advice everywhere. I was like, yeah. okay, here you go. Cause I do some consulting with people too. Yeah. And I tell them, okay, Franklin Taggart says, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, really? And it makes a huge difference. When I put those heartfelt videos out on either channel, mostly on my silver pot, like the pro pet photog YouTube channel, people really connect with that. They're like, okay, I'm not the only one thinking like that. And what I know is that you and I could talk for hours and and never be done. Um, And so I am going to just have the invitation. Uh, I do want to follow up on on both the video and the book projects just to see how they are doing and performing for you. Yeah. Um, I think, again, that they're both really brilliant and they're their ways of getting in the door that actually when you match the costs with traditional advertising and marketing, you're, you're, you're coming in way under. <laughs> I think Definitely. That that's, yeah. that's a very appealing thing too. Um, but is there something that you'd like to offer people today? I mean, if you've got, if you've got a product or a service that you want to plug right now, um, I'm, I would love it if you would, if otherwise, let's tell people where to go from here. Okay. So I, you know, I have so many things, Franklin. So if you're a pet photographer and listening at all, there's obviously the YouTube channel and propetphotog.com. Those are the two places. Even if you just go to propetphotog.com, or if you're building courses, you want to know what Podia looks like, whatever. Uh, pet photographers over there. If you're local and you need a photographer, silverpawstudio.com. Or if you just really want to see wildlife from Colorado, Cattail Chronicles YouTube. How's that? That's perfect. That, yeah. That's great. Um, so uh, I I hate to ask what's next for you. So I'm not going to <laughs> because it's going to be a long list. <laughs> oh, I have a giant whiteboard up here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and notes amazing. in my phone and I have to like restrict <laughs> myself. These things. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, my my guest this episode has been Monique Eckes, and you can you can understand now why she's one of my favorite people. And um, I hope that this has been something that you've been able to gain some insight from, and some encouragement, and some enthusiasm, uh, because here it is in spades. But I want to th- say thank you, Monique, for being my guest. Thanks for having me, Franklin. It's been a blast. We'll do it again. Thanks for listening to Your Own Best Company. If you enjoyed the show, would you do me a favor and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast host? If you really love it, leave me a review or share it with your circles. If you feel like your career is reaching a dead end or you're feeling a deep sense of dissatisfaction in your work right now, I help people discover their gifts and then find or create new opportunities that are the best fit for their talent, experience, and lifestyle. Email me at coaching at franklintaggart.com for more information. 
I also help people start, finish, and launch creative projects, and I offer an ongoing marketing mastermind for solopreneurs and freelancers. More information on these programs and services can be found at franklintaggart.com. Thanks again for spending this time with me.